Hello, everybody. Today, we are explaining how three-point linear perspective works. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. The main thing to understand about three-point linear perspective, it's a very dramatic viewpoint, largely because you're either looking down like the bird in this case, you're flying around the library looking down. Same thing here. This is a pastel drawing by Kat Huang. And this is an imagined piece of architecture that she put together. Because one point and two point, they're just not as dramatic. So if there's anything to distinguish three point from the other two, three point perspective is a total drama queen. <laughs> it's trying to call attention to itself. Same here as well. This is a drawing by Kat of a college kitchen. And you can imagine to see this point of view, you have to be above the people. So the whole thing about perspective, it has everything to do with who's in the space and where are they? Are they up on the ceiling, bird's eye view, or are you a worm on the sidewalk of Manhattan and you're looking up at this gigantic skyscraper? That's the concept. Because in one point and two point perspective, most of the time, it's fairly close to eye level. I mean, certainly you can look up and down when it comes to one and two point, but three point takes that and just pushes it so extremely. So just tell yourself you're either a worm or you are a bird. And I really do think that skyscrapers are one of the best places to see three-point perspective. Certainly you can find three-point perspective in everything, but any skyscraper that you walk by, you are the worm <laughs> sitting on the ground, looking upwards at the ceiling. Because with linear perspective in general, I see a lot of people, they rely on constructing boxes. And I really just think you can't understand linear perspective unless you learn how to identify it in real life. If you can't identify it walking down the street, then that's a problem. Doesn't matter how beautiful your cubes are. You have to be able to recognize, okay, this is where I'm going to see it. Yeah, Sonnet, we are gonna do a follow-up three-point perspective draw along, and that will be us applying all this knowledge that I'm going to impart today. I also think it's critical when you study three-point or even two-point, you can't just study three-point or just study two-point. You have to understand what is their relationship with each other? How is one point different than two-point? How is two-point different than three-point? And vice versa. So it's a mistake, I think, to try to learn linear perspective one piece at a time. I mean, of course, eventually you do have to sit and really focus on that. But I feel like if I had it my way, I probably would try to at least teach the foundation of the three first and then break it down from there. Because when it comes down to it, 
Lanier's perspective shows a specific point of view of a person who's in the space, whether you're a bird or a worm. So maybe it shouldn't be person. Maybe it should be point of view of a live being. <laughs> maybe grass is looking upwards. But it's all about where are you? And that's what people forget because they look at abstract boxes and cubes and that doesn't emphasize point of view, which is the most important thing. Let's show the comparison because once you see the three of them lined up, it starts to really make sense. <coughs> so this is my hallway. <laughs> and this is one point perspective. Basically, if you're standing at the front of a hallway and you're just looking straight down, that gives you one point perspective. So in theory, this is who I am. I'm standing right there looking down the hallway. Now, if you want to change this into two point, what you have to do in this space, you have to turn yourself to the right. I mean, you could do it to the left as well. And so you can see the way I'm looking in the seat changing. I'm no longer looking straight. I'm actually looking a little bit to the right. So that's where I am. I'm standing at the corner. That's not the same as what I was doing before. And then if you turn to your right again, that's when you end up with two point perspective. So this is the comparison that I just don't think a lot of people do. And tell me in the chat, have you studied linear perspective? What was your experience with it? And do you use it in your artwork? Because I just can't believe <laughs> that people make linear perspective as boring as they do. I just don't understand because I'm like, it's such an exciting visual tool. You can make really dynamic compositions. And yet somehow we've decided that linear perspective drawing is shoeboxes that are in space or buildings that all look exactly the same. Okay, now look at this difference. This two point, I'm still standing at the corner and eye level, like I'm not looking up or down. I'm just looking straight across. Now, if I go way down to the floor and all of a sudden I turn into a worm, that sounds very deep. <laughs> Maybe it's some metaphor for life. And I look up. Does everybody see that difference? All of a sudden there's a tilt to show that I am a worm. Or the other way to do it is pretend you're a bird. So you're still standing at that corner, just like two point, but you're looking down. And so you can see these two views, worm's eye view and bird's eye view, they're really dramatic. And that's why in something like a skyscraper, it becomes even more so. Okay, so look at the comparison. This is the thing that I just don't think a lot of people teach. And it's a problem because this really solidifies the differences. One point, two point, remember I'm looking at the corner. Three point, I'm still at the corner, but I'm looking up. Okay, so seeing it within the same scene, but sh shifting my point of view based on the perspective, that is the way to go to understand the difference. Because you know something, a lot of people, I really do think, think about three point as, oh, it's three. It must be harder. <laughs> it must be more complicated. But actually, I disagree. I think the one that's really hard is two point because the leap from one point to two point 
is way more dramatic. Like you have to really change your thinking. Two point to three point, it's actually not that big a difference. You just stand where you are for two point. You look up, you look down. That's three point. <laughs> that's all it is. And so don't ever think that three point is inherently more difficult. It's not. It just looks more complicated because once you start putting in vanishing lines and you break down the diagram, of course, there's more. But I really think two point to three point is not that big of a leap. I think it feels that way because people make it way too complicated and it really doesn't have to be that way. Here's another view. So this earlier one, you can see the three point is worm's eye view. And in this slide on the far right, three point is bird's eye view. So to understand three point, we do have to review one point. And so, you know, we do have, we'll breathe modeling one point linear perspective in a prior lecture that I did a while back. So this video really digs deep. I'm not going to do it right now because we're talking about three point, but if you want the total lowdown on one point, you can watch this video. Okay. So one point perspective, I usually associate with a hallway. That's a good thing to do is if you just associate perspective with architecture. Like I said about three point and skyscrapers, one point perspective most of the time is some kind of hallway. Or you've got Jack, on the, Jack Nicholson wandering around the hotel. So eye level is if I'm standing here and I'm looking at Jack Nicholson. So we're making eye contact. That is the eye level. The horizon line is the exact same thing as the eye level. All right, so that's me. I'm a little white person <laughs> and I'm looking at Jack Nicholson. And if I look up, that's above my eye level. And if I look down, it is below eye level. And so basically you have one vanishing point <coughs> and all the vanishing lines connect to that vanishing point. And linear perspective, it's the one circumstance in visual art where it really is correct or not. There's no such thing as, oh, it's all, no, it, it's right or wrong. And that's why measuring is helpful. I don't like rulers. And so for me, I tend to use a piece of string. That's a lot better with a pushpin. Okay, let's look at two point. And again, review this lecture if you haven't had a chance to dig into two point. I think the biggest difference, oh shoot, why does that slide say one point? It's supposed to say two point. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, we've got the eye level, exact same thing as one point. I'm standing in the library, looking at all the books that I don't have time to read. And then you see below eye level. So if I look at the books on the bottom shelf, that is below eye level. If I look at the books on the upper shelf, that is above eye level. So you've got two sets of vanishing lines. We have the orange vanishing lines on the right, and we have vanishing point number two. We have the blue vanishing lines on the other side, and that creates vanishing point number one. So you can see, I really feel like the leap from one point to two point is hard. I know it took me a little while to wrap my head around it, now, this is the key part that you really have to understand to get three-point perspective. Does everybody see here, there are these yellow vertical lines. 
And in one point and two point, those lines stay vertical all the time. So anything that's standing up, it's always parallel vertical lines. That distinguishes one point and two point. All right, let's take a look at some of the comments in the chat. Recycle says only taken mandatory drawing classes in school here because I committed to procrastination. <laughs> this is mind blowing. I just think it really doesn't have to be that hard. I think people make it way too complicated. And they also make it boring. So if you make a subject boring and complicated, guess what? People don't want to learn it. But it is such a gigantic asset, especially when it comes to composition. So it really is worth taking the time to learn. George says, learn some linear perspective in an art class, try to use it in my drawing with some degree of success. It's hard to apply it into a drawing context because I can show you all those diagrams, but ultimately for you to translate that raw content into a drawing, that's hard. And so that's why we have those draw-alongs that some of you can take a look at. Anna says, maybe it's the way I was taught, found linear perspective boring and frustrating. It is absolutely my weakest art skill. I don't really use it much in my work, but I do want to be able to teach it. That's a really good point, Anna, because I don't really use it in my work either, at least not lately. But teaching is very important. Actually, can you guys want to hear a secret? <laughs> So I was teaching in the RISD illustration department and as an adjunct, I was just desperate for classes. And so <laughs> one semester in the spring, they say, oh, Clara, can you teach the linear perspective class in the fall? I'm like, yes, I can. And you know what? I, I didn't know linear perspective. <laughs> I told them that I did. So that way I could teach the class. And so I just learned it over the summer. <laughs> I felt very sneaky about that. But that was actually the best way to learn linear perspective, because when you have to break it down to other people and make it digestible, that's when you really, really learn something. Sonnet says, never studied it. So naturally, when I tried to draw my kitchen table, I didn't realize I was trying to draw something from three point. No wonder it took me months to draw it the wrong way. Yeah, that's where you have to be able to identify. Is this one point? Is it two point? And you know something? It's not always clear especially with three point, sometimes the three point, it's like really minor that it almost looks like two point and you need a pretty sharp eye to be able to see that. One point is usually pretty clear cut, but three point can be subtle. And so Sonnet, that could be one thing is that maybe the three point you had was just so minor and not dramatic that it actually made things harder for you. Recycle says, what happens if you're standing in the same place as for one point and you look up or down. That's still one point because you're still looking straight, seeing the same thing. Like I haven't turned my head. Okay. So if I'm doing this, that is one point. But if I turn, that's when it becomes two point. So it's all about the rotation of your body. Mukandagri says, I have a grasp on two and three point. It's a five point perspective that is kicking my butt. Yeah, I don't know what five point is. <laughs> like, If somebody wants to explain to me, I'm like, I'm done at three. I don't really need anything else. <laughs> 
Jennifer says, I feel like the thing I didn't understand was that it's all about architecture and not nature. And that is not all the items in the environment. Yes. If you are doing a landscape, there is no linear perspective. Linear perspective, you have to have concrete geometric shapes. So usually with landscapes, I tell people to use atmospheric perspective. And we do have a video on that. You guys can check that out. All right. This is what I would recommend you guys do. If you want to learn three-point perspective, look for it in your everyday life. Like a lot of people don't realize that even in something like this little table, there is three-point perspective there. Or the stupid chair. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a boring. It just looks like a block. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that to the furniture designer. But anyway, the point is, it's a really boring object. Okay, this is not like a Gothic cathedral. It's just literally a cube that you can happen to sit on. And this has three-point perspective. So that's the other thing is that people oftentimes associate linear perspective with like, oh, big city building and all this architecture, but you can see it on a small scale. And that's another mistake people make. They don't realize that, yes, this one little cube chair can have three-point perspective. So you have to learn to recognize it on a small scale and also on a big scale. Walk around the neighborhood. Look at the buildings and say, what am I looking at? Is this three point? Is it two point? And it can be complicated. <laughs> like this one's got a lot going on, but you don't have to break it down. You can just look at it and say, okay, that's probably two point. That's enough. You don't have to give yourself some kind of exam. You can just say, okay, I think that's three point. That in itself is incredibly useful. Okay. <laughs> the Lame Miz movie. <laughs> Actually, they have a lot of really crazy aerial shots, I promise is relevant. And so there's a lot of three point in this movie, actually. So we're finding our skyscrapers. In that case, it was, what, 19th century France? <laughs> or you can look down. Who's the Lame fan? <laughs> this is my Lame joke. Probably some of you don't know it, but look down is a song in Lamez. So if you look down, like Ross, that is three-point perspective. So you can see this is really extreme view, okay? We are a bird, we're looking straight down, and we're very close to the building, okay? So it's very dramatic what we're seeing here. And so this is not the full landscape of three-point. This is just one vanishing point, but you can see it's like so many angles. It's like these rays of lasers like coming in and out. And that's where you get the drama when you've got really dramatic diagonals. The other thing too is with three point perspective, most of the time you're just seeing little snippets. Sure, if you've got a landscape with buildings, yeah, the buildings are huge. You're gonna have that, but sometimes the linear perspective is just in a brick wall. So if we look at this, these are actually a set of vanishing points. And we're not even close to seeing the vanishing points. We just see vanishing lines. And so that happens a lot. I think sometimes it's hard to recognize because we're just seeing fragments. We're not seeing the whole three-point perspective, which is really hard. 
all these angles. It's so fun. <laughs> it's like those 80s laser. <laughs> and, you know, we, we have to put people in here because it's about point of view. <laughs> Here's an example of a person in your perspective. I think you all need to know. All right. This is the secret sauce of three-point perspective. This is all you need to do. All right, so if we look at this building, the downtown Salt Lake City, this is a two-point perspective thing. In one-point and two-point perspective, again, it's those vertical parallel lines. Both one-point and two-point have these vertical lines, okay? You could always, no matter where you're going on the horizon line, you're going to have these parallel lines. And I like that because it makes it so I know what to expect. Because I think sometimes what's hard is feeling like, oh, I don't really have a very stable handle on this. But if you know, oh, okay, it's always vertical, then it just feels more solid. So any type of anchor point that all of you can hold on to. So this is one. One point and two point have all vertical lines. <coughs> now look at this. This is the main difference between three point and one and two. In three point, you lose all the vertical lines except one. Now the one that I'm looking at, oh, actually, <laughs> I put it on the wrong section. Sorry. It should be, I should have put the line over here. Sorry about that. It should be on the corner. Anyway, the corner has one vertical line. Okay. That is your anchor. But what happens, you don't add the other vertical lines. You do this. So all the vertical lines, except for that one that's on the corner, they all tilt and they converge to another vanishing point, which is off the page. That's all you guys need to know for a three-point perspective. And that's why I really think it's just not as big of a leap as people think it is. So just think about that. You've got one vertical and that's it. Oh, I see you guys have a count. <laughs> yes. I mean, you got to make it fun, right? <laughs> Your perspective is not very fun if you don't have hot men. <laughs> all right, let's see what people are talking about. Lisa says, I can see one point would be useful when drawing canyon, at least as a guideline. Well, when you're drawing something like that, you do have a horizon line. And a lot of people describe that as, okay, if you're at the ocean, where the sky meets the ocean, that is your horizon line. And that's another like old reliable. Anytime you go somewhere and you look for that, that's your horizon line. If you're doing architecture, it's not as clear, but something that's a landscape, ocean, sky, you can rely on that for sure. Luna says, what I never understood about three point is finding the third point and how those lines intersect. I can find two points, but never the third. I'm going to break it down so you guys can see where to find that because that vertical line is very important. That vertical line that I was just talking about. Basically, wherever the vertical line is, the vanishing point has to be on it. And then everything else converges. So this is your life mat. <laughs> this is what you hold onto for dear life. 
to make sure that you're not totally lost. Because if you guys think about it, linear perspective, it's just connect the dots. That's all it is. And anatomy is sort of similar where you just say, okay, dot here, dot here. Oh, they connect. So if you think about it like that, it's not so intimidating because <laughs> I look at some of the linear perspective diagrams and charts online that people use to teach it and my head hurts. How many people have felt that way? That when you've looked at linear perspective content for how to learn it, your head hurts. I mean, mine does. But then again, I don't have a lot of capacity <laughs> for things that are really complicated. Mukandangri says, can you explain isometric drawing? That's another stream. <laughs> it's, I don't want to explain something and make people very confused. So perhaps we'll explore that in a different stream. Okay, so let's go back to this building. This is the Davis Museum at Wellesley College. I used to teach there many, many years ago. So we have our life raft, one vertical line. Now, here's the other reason why people struggle is that most of the time in three-point perspective, the vanishing lines are off the canvas. Like in one point, it's usually in the canvas. Two-point maybe, but two-point does start to creep off the canvas. But three-point, it's like nothing's on the canvas. And that's why things get really confusing. So one thing I like to do when I'm trying to really break it down, I will shrink things. So I've made this photo of the museum tiny, okay? Now, if you look at this, one, whoops, sorry about that. Whoops, let's go back to this image. So if you look at this, we have three vanishing points and you see how they're all off the photo and look at how high the third vanishing point is. So this is another thing is a lot of people have trouble doing this because let's say you have a piece of paper. I mean, you don't have a piece of paper that's like four feet wide so you can find that vanishing point. So actually one thing that's good to do is if you wanna measure it, put your drawing on the wall and then with string, you can measure out where the vanishing points are. It's, it's impossible to do. If you don't have the vanishing points, you're not going to be able to do that. Okay, so let's go back. This is our horizon line above eye level and below eye level. So you can see I'm a tiny little person looking up at a gigantic building. Vanishing point number one. And the way I did this is you can see here, I aligned this blue diagonal with the edge of the building. And I did the same thing down here. I aligned the blue with the edge of the building. I found where the two blue lines intersected and that was my vanishing point. So the vanishing lines are essentially what get you to the vanishing point. That's important because otherwise it feels like you don't know where you are. Okay, so now we have vanishing point number two, again, off the canvas. And again, we've lined up the orange vanishing line against the edge of the building. We've done the same thing towards here at the bottom. Vanishing point number three is way up. I'm wondering how many people here have noticed that, that the vanishing points just, they're not on the canvas. That's what frustrates people. 
Okay, so I've aligned <coughs> the one purple vertical vanishing line. So I got that by this one vertical spot on the building. And so by drawing the vertical, now there's my vanishing point. So that's how you find that. And then you line up here these converging purple vanishing lines. And the way I found them is I line them up with the edge of the building right here and the edge of the building right here. So this is that third vanishing point that a lot of people feel they don't know where to find it is usually really, really far away. So if we go back, this is all three vanishing points. This is only the third vanishing point. So you can see how different that is. So hopefully this makes sense to everybody. <laughs> Let me know if you need me to back up and explain more. Happy to do that. Now here's another example. So the last one was a building and I'm looking up on the worm. Now I have transformed into a bird. I guess I'm a bird inside the library. I don't know how I got in there, but anyway, I'm in there. <laughs> so this is the table and you can see I'm looking down on it. So again, shrinking it so it's tiny, okay? So I can find those vanishing points. Okay, so there's my horizon line. And we have here above eye level. So if I'm looking down on the table or if I get on the floor, I just think there's too much emphasis on blocks and lines. And really we just have to say, I'm in this library, I'm a bird, where am I hanging out? If I build a nest in the library on the ceiling, I'm probably looking at three-point perspective. If I'm a worm and I snuck into the library and I didn't get stepped on yet, I'm looking up. So that's the thing. It just nobody emphasizes it. Everybody's just like cubes. And I'm like, it's so boring. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> okay, below eye level. Let's find that vanishing point number one. So basically you can think about three point. You've got a two point perspective situation, but you just look up or down because one point is very different than three point. Two point and three point are actually a lot more similar than, than people think. Okay, so there's vanishing point number one. Vanishing point number two. And again, I'm finding these blue vanishing lines by lining up the edge of the table. Here's the second vanishing point, again, lining up the orange line with the edge of the table. And this is a good point from Seven Angelic who says, I kind of get a bit lost on which lines matter amongst all the details, sometimes on really complicated shapes. Yes, that is where you have to be selective. So one thing I see a lot in linear perspective is people will draw everything, like every single window. And you know something, a lot of the cityscapes that I really enjoy are actually ones that are quite atmospheric and don't call attention to the linear perspective because you have to ask yourself, how present <coughs> do I want my linear perspective to be? There are some pieces that are like all about, oh, accurate lines and all that. And there's other pieces where it's like you almost forget that the linear perspective is there. 
because it's more suggested. It's still there. Like if you sit down and look at it, you will definitely see that. But it's about picking and choosing because you can't draw every single line. It just becomes too difficult when you sit down to do the drawing. Okay, so we've got our two vanishing lines. And vanishing point number three, all the way down here at the bottom. This is the key. If you guys just hold on to this vertical vanishing line, you are good to go. <laughs> that is the secret sauce to three-point perspective. And then you say, okay, where are the other lines that come out of the third point? And you can see the legs of the table then converge to that vanishing point. So I always like this example because the legs of a chair, that's very concrete. You're not going to skip that <laughs> because that's what's holding the table up. And so that's a very important thing to think about. George says, looking at a photo or in real life, I can find the vanishing points pretty well. Where I get confused is where to put the vanishing lines if I'm making up the object. Okay, this is a really good point that you bring up, George, because it's one thing to step inside a scene and to say, okay, I see vanishing points. It's right in front of you, okay? Now, if you're making it up and you're just constructing an artificial horizon line, artificial vanishing lines and everything, that becomes a little bit harder, I think, because for a lot of people, it starts to feel very abstract because you're not drawing a building anymore. You're drawing shapes. And basically, as long as you make sure that very specific things line up, you will be fine. Because if we go back and we look at this, the vanishing points one and two, they're always gonna be on the horizon line. Like vanishing points one and two, they're not gonna like levitate. <laughs> they're not gonna like wander to the upper left-hand corner. So that's again, where you say, okay, that is reliable. I can look at the horizon line and maybe I don't know where the vanishing points are yet, but I know they're somewhere on the horizon line. Because I do think sometimes linear perspective, it's about controlling the factors in the scene. And it gets hard for people because when you don't have something like, <coughs> oh, the edge of a fireplace, that's really concrete. But if you're just making it up, it is very difficult. Good point from Blue Run. You don't need to draw all the perspective lines or know exactly where the vanishing points are. You just need to understand the principle so that you can see what is off and where you went wrong. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was painting in New York City on the street and I was painting the marquee of the Al Hirschfeld Theater where Moulin Rouge is. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I can't not measure the perspective because the marquee is just like so blatant and clear. And I sent Kat this like panicked message. I was like, what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. Because on the street, it's just harder. You don't have all of your tools at your own dispense. And Kat wrote back, she's like, can't you just eyeball it? I'm like, no, I get worried that it's going to be off. But you're right, Blue, that at a certain point, once you've had enough experience, you've drawn it a lot, you've recognized it a lot, once you have that principle in mind, 
it becomes a lot easier because I think for a lot of people, if you don't have that and you just like, where's this, where's that? It's so, so frustrating. Counselor Chip says linear perspective makes me think of Edward Hopper's work. Now see, he is an excellent example of somebody who definitely has linear perspective in his paintings. You'll see it. I mean, if you want to measure, you can. But the thing is, his work, it's not all about the linear perspective. I mean, the whole thing about Edward Hopper, his paintings explore urban isolation. They're very emotional paintings. And actually, he's really good to look at because the linear perspective he does in like a wall or the side of the building is simple. He doesn't draw every single brick. And so he's a really good person to look at to say, okay, here's linear perspective in the context of a painting where it's not looking like an architectural blueprint. Because I think that's what intimidates people is they see those <coughs> diagrams and they feel pressure to draw like that. You don't have to. I mean, just because everybody teaches it that way, <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to do it like that. Yeah, but see, this is a great point, George. Went to an exhibition of Hopper's watercolors a couple of weeks ago. Perspective in his buildings is striking. But it's like, you're not thinking linear perspective when you look at his work. I mean, maybe some people are. But for me, it's the emotional depth of what he does as an artist, which is the most striking thing. So if you want to practice linear perspective, we do have a bunch of draw-alongs. Some with me, some with Kat, who is the resident perspective artist here on staff. And remember, we have these two comprehensive lectures on one point and also two point. Guess what, everybody? I am so grateful that this video was sponsored by Clementina Maria. And you know something? This is the second dog who has sponsored a video for us here at ArtProf. And it's just the kindest thing when somebody from our community emerges and says, I want to help you produce the content that you really want to make, but may not have time for because you have to focus on staying alive <laughs> and having a budget. And so sponsoring a video, it's a wonderful gesture. And people do it for different reasons. Some people sponsor because they really want a video on this one thing. And other people say, you know what? I just want to give back to the community. Because the thing is, when you sponsor a video, everybody gets it. Anybody who stumbles upon the channel will benefit. And so it's a really lovely gesture. We've been so lucky to have had many people sponsor videos. There are so many videos on the channel that I never would have made. The woodcut tutorial, dry point, jelly plates has been really phenomenal. So I'm so pleased that Clementine Maria <laughs> was willing. Yeah, the other dog was Pickle the Pug. So maybe, maybe I need to go hang out at the dog park or something, see if we can pick up some more sponsors <laughs> for our videos. We do have registration open for October workshops. That is due next Friday. We're doing commissions for artists, social media, merchant prints, drawing dogs, pumpkins and gourds, skeletons and bones. The link is in the YouTube video description below and also on the homepage of artprof.org. Join our art school portfolios group. This is such a fun group. You get support, critiques, voice sessions for BFA and MFA applicants. We already have some wonderful people in there. It's like a 24-7 art party. It's really, really fun. And you don't need to make your portfolio by yourself. 
you can make it with other people. It's way more fun and I think a lot easier. Join me in the Discord right after the stream. We'll talk about anything you want. And thank you to our top Patreon supporters who are responsible, like the sponsors, for making it possible for us to do work for all of you. I mean, the Patreon supporters, they still carry the majority of our budget. And so I'm so grateful every time I look at this list. Visit ourprof.org. There's lots of content on there that is not on YouTube. Use the search bar. Our Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. Subscribe to our channel for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.